When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Smart running to his right, gives it right back, and throws it down! Oh, my goodness! Celtics Reddit podcast presented by Celtics Life. Ben Ballas here, or as I go by on Reddit, Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're doing well. Also joining us, the very new and fresh addition to this podcast, Larbird33. Larbird, how's it going, man? Yeah, I always loved Peyton Pritchard. He was always my guy. You've <laughs> <laughs> been singing his praises since the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. So look, preseason game one, it is in the books. Not a great start to the 2020-21 campaign, but we're going to sift through it here, and we thought the best way to do that would be to piggyback off our last pod and Larbird's write-up of the concept of a showcase season for our young and inexperienced players. So go check that out on CelticsLife.com if you haven't already and if you're not sure what I'm talking about. So Larbird, I'm going to throw some names at you here, and I thought we'd do that in order of appearance, and hopefully you can just give us an idea of who's out in front and who's falling behind now that showcase season is underway let's get right into it robert williams the starting center in in today's game where did you think he or how did you think he moved the needle in terms of showcasing his his abilities the first thing i first thing i noticed about robert williams is did he did he grow i know we talked about jason tatum potentially growing but i was i was looking at williams and like i don't remember him like he seemed to be bigger than uh dwight howard at points that kind of surprised me but uh the the actual game itself um you know i thought like there was moments where he he definitely is lacking awareness it seems uh i was surprised to then look at his stats and he actually had a decent game i mean statistically eight eight points six rebounds a block mm-hmm. he did have five fouls i would say his uh <laughs> i would say his trade value are right about even right now i don't think it's gone up or down yeah, I rated him as neutral. I've sort of added a neutral positive or negative to, to each name we're going to get to here. Didn't think he showed anything like uh, any form of real improvement there. I mean, it is a preseason game. We should add the caveat and the disclaimer right off the top here. It is preseason rather than, than uh, qualify every statement with it. It's preseason. We're just going to do it right off the top here. So assume that <laughs> going forward. But with that said, Robert Williams, uh, he just didn't really seem to demonstrate that much improved value whether it be as a contributor to the team or as a trade piece or whatever it may be. You did mention the five fouls there in his 18 minutes. Um, Got to like his enthusiasm, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, I guess the one thing that he did showcase was a little bit of passing. They didn't always lead to success, but he had one great pass to Jalen in the post where I think Jalen was posting up and cut it back out to uh, to Rob Williams as he was like cutting into the hoop from the from the top of the key there. And it was just a really nice connection uh, from those two guys, so maybe his on-court awareness is improving a little bit, but um, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't blown away by him at all. Yep, yep. I agree with you there. <laughs> all right, Javante Green. <laughs> I've listed him as a, a, a positive uh, contributor 
uh, and increasing his value. What do you think of Javonte Green? Yeah, uh, the user uh, Thoughtful Commons on Reddit actually private messaged me, and it was the first thing he said was, "So Javonte is getting that Jordan Crawford special." And that uh, <laughs> in that article, I kind of mentioned how we we showcased Jordan Crawford back in the day to get him out of here and, and got a first round pick. It was kind of surprising. It was funny because Javante Green wasn't someone that, uh, you know, I had written about in that article as someone that we could try to pump up the trade value for. And there he was as our starter. We were looking at guys like Grant Williams and, you know, Neesmith. But sure enough, it was Javante Green, the one person I didn't write about. But uh, yeah, I would say this is definitely a, a big win for him. He came out, looked pretty strong, had seven points, didn't make too many mistakes. So, yep, that's a up. He's up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad Stevens said before the game, we're looking at, looking at it to see who makes Tatum and Brown better and says it could change based on the opponent. But yeah, I mean, Javante, it was a really sloppy start for the game in, in general. And we're not really going to focus on the core starters because the, their their position on the team is, is set. But Javante hit that first three, which I think is huge. And if he can hit that kind of shot, I know he missed his one of the three-point attempt, but if he can hit that kind of shot consistently, because he's so potent in, in other areas of the game, particularly attacking in transition, and he's definitely not a defensive zero. At one point, he managed to force Ben Simmons to pass out of a post-up, but it looked like it, uh, Ben Simmons had you know, a major size advantage there, and yet he, he forced Ben Simmons to sort of um, to change his mind as to how he was going to attack there. So I think uh, it's a big plus if he can start hitting his shots because he does so many other good things on the court. Um, Grant Williams, LaBird. What do you think of Grant Williams? I actually I'm getting you know more and more impressed with Grant. Like I still don't think he's a consistent shooter, but I mean there's multiple points in the game where he, you know we talked about Robert Williams not having awareness. Grant definitely does seem like he does. Like he, he's made some smart plays. And I thought he played pretty well. I mean he also had five um, fouls in 24 yeah. minutes. But, That's right. But you know I, I would say that this is a it was an you know I guess up <laughs> in the trade value. I feel like. Uh, I thought positive signs for him. He looked good. Um, you know, the shot still needs some work, I think, to, you know, really consistently rely on him. But I liked what I saw. He did have that one, like, above the break three. Normally, he was sort of hitting threes from either corner throughout the second half of last season. Um, I know he didn't hit a bunch of threes or anything in this game, but we're just gleaning what we can off this this glimpse at, at the guys in this preseason game one. Um, I had him as a neutral rating here because I didn't. he didn't jump off the page to me either. He just kind of seemed like the Grant Williams of old. And, like, it's worth mentioning that a neutral rating for some of the younger guys here, like, it could basically be considered a negative rating in that the the expectation is that they should have improved to some degree and i was expecting a little bit more from grant williams particularly like he's almost like among the sea of very young inexperienced players he's almost like a veteran of sorts um (laughs) and i don't know i just i didn't like what i saw from his lack of improvement there jeff teague i rated him as a positive i think for (laughs) obvious reasons What, what are your takes on jeff teague coming after after game one here he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously shot well. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to say up for everyone. I want to do my part for Danny Ainge. I want to help this, this trade value get up. I'll be <laughs> all up. The They're all up. They're all doing great. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, th- there was a point early on. He looked like he was huffing and puffing. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder if the guy got the COVID. But uh, <laughs> he, played, he played pretty well. So nothing really negative to say about him so far. <laughs> Seven and nine from the field, four or four from three. Um, the playmaking wasn't really there. Um, so I don't know, but I guess he's kind of the, the perfect Brad Wanamaker replacement, but he hits his threes more consistently in this, in this sample size of one game. Um, I think the sloppiness <laughs> isn't, isn't going to, to plague him and the team 
on an ongoing basis, probably, I don't know, a little bit rusty and not having played for a, a decent enough team or any team in, in a long while. Right. Um, but he did seem to settle in there, and he was impressive and kind of kept us in the game. Got to halftime, we're down by like six. It's like, how the fuck is that the case? <laughs> um, it's all because of our man Jeff Teague. So yeah, and I would say, see. You know, again, it, it preseason, but the main thing you were just looking for him is everyone's saying he's washed up, he shows up shot well so good signs and uh you know the main thing that uh wanamaker had was he he was actually pretty efficient as a shooter so it's mm. like you said it looks like teague's gonna be able to step into that role based on one preseason game yeah and that that shot is gonna age well his feet do not really leave the ground there i don't i haven't That's watched true. a lot of jeff teague tape don't know if he's always shot that way but uh he, he could have a long career just as a spot-up shooter if he's gonna shoot that accurately and that consistently uh not leaving the ground there but look None of that matters, really, because of this next guy we're going to talk about, and that's Peyton Pritchard. Yes. An obvious positive. Right. The, the rich man's Kyrie Irving is what he yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> amazing performance. Uh, no, actually, I mean, I was... I was I, so, I'm, let me be, be honest, because I mentioned it on, the, on the, the forum threads and everything. I don't follow college basketball, so when we drafted him, I was definitely one of the people who was like, ugh, I, I would rather have drafted... A younger player, someone who's you know a freshman, not necessarily someone who's a four-year senior, just because I think mm. you know there's a higher ceiling from usually. I mean, the thing is, you look at college uh, seniors and the stats they put up, and they are they're always better than freshmen because they they're older players, their bodies matured, they've had more experience. So drafting him, I was in the camp who was like, because I don't know anything about him to be honestly, like to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. I would have preferred to taken someone who's younger. But all that said, like totally open to it, and I trust Danny Ainge. And based on this one game, I was impressed. I mean, it is preseason; you have to always keep that in mind. It's preseason; they're going against reserves. But I mean, he 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 like had looked like completely confident out there. He looked like he had complete control of the game. Um, obviously, he shot really well. He attacked the basket. Um, some good defensive plays, like across the board. I was like, yeah, okay, this guy can play. The one thing I'll say is that <laughs> it is preseason. Have to keep mentioning that. And if you go back to last <laughs> year and you look at, um, our, our maybe maybe he's next on this list, but friend uh, uh, Carson Edwards averaged 15 points in the preseason and shot 51% yeah. and shot 45% from three. And you know everyone was pretty convinced that he was going to be great. And he wasn't. So... Just have to, you know, take it with a grain of salt and, and hope that uh, that Pritchard is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right about Carson Edwards, who we're going to get to in a minute, uh, for, for better or for worse. But the, there were a couple of things that I, I think stood out with Peyton Pritchard's game that um, make him stand out from a guy like Carson Edwards. And one of them was his decision-making. I thought that was really good. Because Carson, he's kind of known for his, like, his hot shooting, right? Whereas Pritchard kind of exhibited these better, like, fundamental characteristics. Uh, one of them being his decision-making. I thought he reacted really well when he kind of hit a dead end in his offense. Um, and he mentioned like he was able to to get into the paint with ease. And I, I thought that if he hit a, a dead end there, then he was able to sort of react to that quickly and move the ball. Necessarily, unfortunately, quite low on, on in many cases, Tucker Falls' waistline, which didn't really convert particularly well. But just his quick decision-making there, I thought was particularly good. Um, use a king of pants nice big write up there I recommend checking out on the on the post game thread there um, writes happy to be proven wrong it's still too early to say but he seems like a great pickup the only real concern is he seems to be a little overconfident on pull up threes there a uh, little, little trigger happy there would you say Larbert? oh yeah I noticed that one as well that was one of the notes I wrote down the, the Steph Curry three right off the gate you know but uh, you know maybe he'll start making them and 
we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the preseason, you know. Like it's the time to be scrappy. It's the time to uh, to let them fly. Uh, as we saw with with Carson Edwards uh, a year or so ago. Uh, a couple of other Reddit comments here on Peyton Pritchard because he was he was clearly the, the standout uh, contender from the the showcase. Which you predicted. You th- you saw this coming, so you know. Absolutely, hit a little you. low on my pr- uh, predicted stat line, but uh, but it was there. It was there. The talent is clearly there. Um, well, his per, his per thirty six numbers were probably right on the money. He probably got exactly what you predicted if he got thirty six <laughs> minutes, right? So I think he's usurped Taco Fall as the Celtics per thirty six champion, which is uh, great. It's a great achievement in, in game one there. Um, Chives the Conqueror wrote. Plays tough and composed, and he looks like the best of our young point guards, uh, including Carson Edwards and, and Tremont Waters there. I think we'll get some regular minutes in the season while Kemba's out. It's only one game, La Bird. It's a preseason game, but are you convinced that, that Pritchard's going to see some real time here once the regular season starts? Again, I came away impressed. And, you know, I have to, this is the, it's the summer league in December. I mean, so <laughs> we had no summer league. This is our <laughs> opportunity to see them. And, you know, you go think about the competition they went off against tonight and, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but looks good. My friend Scott Scott, he messaged me and he's like, he's going to be the next white chocolate. I'm telling you, he's the next Jason Williams. So and everyone, <laughs> everyone's very excited. I love it. I've heard light chocolate throw it around as well. <laughs> light chocolate. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, well, I could probably talk about this guy all night, but we, we do need to move on. Carson Edwards is the next one. Straight up negative for me. I don't have much else to add there. I think the, the proof was in the pudding as far as if you just watched five minutes of him play tonight, you know what I mean. Anything you want to add there, La Bird? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Although I said I would give an up for everyone. This, he, <laughs> it's hard. He didn't, he didn't look great tonight. I mean, this is, this, is where, this is where Carson Edwards usually shines in the preseason. <laughs> he yeah. usually gets the 15-point average. What's going on, Carson? Come on, man, step up. But, uh, you know, he only took a few shots. He only took five shots, but, you know, he, he, nothing really looked great out there. And, uh, you know, I imagine the last person we're going to talk about is, is Waters. Kind of had a similar take on him. Wasn't super impressed. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say about both of those guys is I'm really uh, keenly interested in seeing how this impacts their Cameo prices because about a year ago, um, <laughs> if you're familiar with Cameo, where you can pay to have these guys record a, a message for you. About a year ago, uh, Waters came out strong. He was, he was charging 45 bucks a Cameo, while our man Edwards was only charging uh, 25 And as of right now, they're both at 40 So they've, you know, they've evened each other out. They're both at 40 But I'm just wondering after this game if this is going to impact those Cameo prices. That's, that's my main takeaway on those two. Oh, surely they have some sort of machine learning or automation that just drops that shit by default after a performance like that. Because that, that is not on to charge that, that, uh, that amount. A little bit of trivia here for you. Um, the intro to this podcast, you, you'll hear a voice that says Celtics Better Podcast. That is actually Grant Williams from a cameo, a cameo that I funded out of my own pocket Good just man. to get someone relevant saying the word Celtics Better Podcast. That's great. Uh, and of course, and then cut it out and threw it into the intro. So, You're right. Uh, they should base those cameo prices in the same way they base the stats in NBA 2K. You know, just import, <laughs> import the stats and create the ratings or prices based on that, you know? So it's absolutely. Like, you know, let's just see what those prices are after tonight. Yeah, you could buy a low on a rookie, get a nice cameo shout out before they uh, reach the, the heights of stardom. Um, exactly. You mentioned Tremont Waters there. I I would have him more of a neutral than Carson Edwards, uh, who I had as a negative. I just thought it was the same old Tremont Waters. Um, smart, heady player, but unfortunately, like too tiny, really. Like, let's be honest, to, to, to have much of an impact on the game. Guys like Pritchard just have a little bit more size and, and like chunk on them than, than Waters. So. I don't know. I, I hope the best for him. Um, I hope that he can find a way to contribute, if not for us, for, for somebody else. Again, I'm overreacting after one preseason game. But um, 
just didn't have it. But we've got to get to Aaron Neesmith or um, Aerosmith, oh, yeah. as we've been calling him. <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty impressive. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he, I think he hit his first shot. That was very exciting to me. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, a really difficult it. shot. If I remember, it was the one that, like, you know, he, it was really a high, high arcing shot, um, but he nailed it. And then I think he missed his next two. But, yeah, it was it was kind of a mixed bag, I think. I mean, again, this is his first game, and it's the same with Pritchard was their first game, but... But is his first game at all? So you know, you have to you know assume that there's some nerves there and that he's trying to just get his footing. Um, but I thought it was solid. I mean, eight points, five rebounds, you know, block. Um, yeah, all you know across the board. I thought he looked solid. And it, you know, I mentioned in the last uh, podcast we did. He's the one guy that I'm really keenly interested in seeing how he fits in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tonight he took five threes. He only made one of them, but. Again, first game. So if he gets more comfortable and starts nailing those, he could really quickly shoot up that chart. So I would say, uh, based on you know, we don't have really a baseline for him. I would say up on him as far as you know the value of his uh, you know up or down. I would say it's up for him, but mm. um, really, it, it, you know, based on what like we have to just kind of see what he's going to be in the next few games. Yeah, I feel like you're with me here. Like we're not backing down on our irrational highness on on Aaron Neesmith. Like I, I believe in that guy, and yeah, he went one for five from three. But I I did think he looked really nervous, and because he had that, I think it was a foot injury, uh, to sort of to round out or to end his college career. Like he hasn't played a, a you know competitive basketball game outside of training camps and stuff like that for a really long time, like longer than than Pritchard there. Um, right. I did think he looked a little nervous and a little rusty. But like remaining high on him, I I thought that his misses looked good. Like they were they were close misses. Yeah. I don't is am I am I being irrational here or is there something to that? No, I agree. I mean, the two things the two things I want to see for him are knocking down shots, and he was getting good looks, and those will those will fall if he's as you know as great a shooter as everyone said he was coming out of college, and then playing tough defense. And you know that that play he had coming from behind the block that was that was encouraging yeah. too. It's like the two things that I want to see from him. We saw it. So let's see how he you know, progresses. He'll get more comfortable in, in the system and get more comfortable as a defender. And someone who was nervous will, you know, subside and they'll start knocking down shots. But knocking that, that first shot, that was pretty awesome to see. So I'm happy. I'm excited that, about uh, it. Yeah, he had that offensive rebound as well that he converted into an and one. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he made up for it with some, some unexpected hustle there, which was really good to see. Um, User Disney Plus wrote, both Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith look great. Rob Will looks better and Grant is so solid. I'm happy, which I think sums it up. Like it was a, it was a brutal loss, um, but we, we got a good showing from our two first round draft picks. Um, so that's a, that's a good thing to see. That's really the, the main thing you want to take away from a game like this is not a win or loss, but did the guys that we've added to our team look decent? And they kind of did. So that's, that's a good thing. We do have to get to Taco Fall, though, because he is a player for the Boston Celtics. There's so many fans out there who believe Taco is a legitimate piece who will, who will absolutely add value, if not like already is, but will at some point. Can you speak to that at all? I, I feel like there's a lot of, particularly like on these lower grade Facebook groups, you go on there and people are like, why isn't Brad Stevens playing Taco Fall? Like, he's ridiculously tall. It's as simple as that. Can, can you speak to that at all? Because I just don't think it's there for Taco Fall. Yeah, it's not. I mean, he's still really raw. I mean, if you if you watch him closely, I mean, you know, if you're just focusing on him getting a bucket or getting a block or something, you might not see it. But it's really slow footed. He's not usually in correct position on getting rebounds, and uh, you know, he just we talked about awareness of Williams. There's multiple points where I'm like, Taco Fell really lacks awareness out there. He doesn't really know what's going on a lot of the time. It seems, you know, from from my standpoint. 
Um, but yeah, I know I don't really think that. <laughs> So we we can talk about it later. My my wife had a take. She, I was <laughs> my wife came came in and she she saw Taco Fall on the screen. Her reaction was, "Oh look who it is! Oh oh I see. It's preseason. I see." So that was my <laughs> wife's take on it. But yeah. uh, you know, obviously love Taco, popular guy, but he still needs work. So you know, in G League, maybe he can get to that point. But you know, some of it's physical. Like, can he actually <laughs> increase his mobility to the point that he actually can? You know be a strong defender in the paint and, and get back on D and all that stuff. That's, you know, some of it is going to be physical limitations that might limit his, his career. Yeah. And just, you touched on it, the lack of awareness. Like it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if you're massive or if you're tiny in the case of, you know, Peyton Pritchard, Draymond Waters, if you don't have those basketball instincts, if you don't have a good sense of where to be on the court or where not to be in terms of like clocking the lane in some cases from Taco Fall, then you just, it's just not going to work at, at an NBA level. And you know, we talked about earlier about wanting to see some improvement from these second-year guys, and it kind of just looked like the same Taco Fall to me. So um, I don't know. I think if as long as we temper our expectations and keep them like insanely low, then he's not going to disappoint us. But I don't think anyone should expect him to be like a contributor really at any point um, throughout the season, or definitely not the playoffs there. By the way, those Facebook groups, they're, they're out of control, man. I, I tried to join <laughs> one of them. There was a thread on like the official Celtics Facebook group. And listen, I love Marcus Smart. Obviously, nobody loves Marcus Smart as much as you guys on this podcast. But there was a, a genuine <laughs> post there where people were saying they wouldn't trade Marcus Smart for Zion. And they were like outraged that anyone <laughs> even would assume that you, yeah. you, you know, that you would even consider such a thing. They were like, are you kidding me? I mean, come on, let's, you know, there's, I love our players, but let's, you know, let's be a little more realistic sometimes. Yeah, those Facebook groups, there's too many of them. It's kind of like these podcasts, right? Anyone can have one these days. Uh, it's just getting out of control. So um, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, we should just get to some, I've got some miscellaneous notes here. Like, obviously, we've talked about all the newbies, but we haven't touched on the starters who looked pretty good in the first, like, three minutes. Um, you know, obviously they took that big lead and there was a lot of good off the ball movements and good passing. And I thought Tatum was really restrained in, in not just like jacking up shots straight away. Even JB like splashed that first three, uh, before missing every subsequent shot. Um, but then the, the bench lineup came in and it just looked ridiculously sloppy. But are, are you, are you reading into that at all, La Bird, in no. terms of like how we can look at the rest of the season? No, there's nothing you can read into I'm glad. that. I'm glad. So, I mean, I don't even pay attention to the score. I didn't even realize that we, were, we lost the game until you yeah. told me. I was like, oh, we did? Oh, okay. I'm not even yeah. paying attention. I'm just watching, you know, early on, you never expect anything from the guys in uh, preseason. I mean, they, they're coming off of not too long ago being in the Eastern Conference Finals. These guys are ballers. They'll be fine. Uh, and anyone who's reading into this score and is concerned, I mean, seriously, they, our starters played like 20 minutes. They're, they're going to be, once we actually get to the real games, you're not going to be seeing, you know, Jeff Teague and or Grant Williams and some of these guys getting major, major minutes. It's going to be relying on Tatum and Brown and they're going to step up and they're going to be, they're going to be great. I actually will say that in the next game, it's going to be interesting to see if we shift some of these minutes a little bit. Like if we see a little bit more from Edwards and Waters, you know, Waters, Waters only had 12 minutes tonight. So I'll be curious to see if they just, did they go to Pritchard again or did they, you know, kind of flip that a bit. Yeah, or if it goes the other way, where we see way more of our starters play heavier minutes, given it's their it's their one remaining game before the regular season starts, because their one chance to practice playing like game length minutes. I don't know, could go either way. Possible, um, but I, I just feel like it's so fresh. It's not that long ago that we were playing in the playoffs that I wouldn't even I wouldn't be surprised if we don't play them at all. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't play any starters and just let the guys go. Um, but you know, you, you could be right. We could just end up playing. Um, 
play more minutes as starters, but I'm not concerned about them in any way whatsoever. I'm glad to hear that. There's a lot of fresh uh, and ridiculous takes on, on Twitter and on Celtics Reddit uh, regarding the, the, the very poor performance of our starters and, and how you know, Tatum is completely overrated and should be traded and, and JB um, has reached his ceiling already and um, it, was, it was disappointing to see, but you know that's, that's just how it goes. Uh, JB, Jalen Brown, he missed the dunk of the century. I don't know if you caught that, La Bird, but he, he went up, try and throw it down on, on Joel Embiid there, came so close to absolutely like baptizing him. Um, didn't happen, but you know, talk about walking away from a game and not caring about what the score was like. Walk away with a highlight like that, like that, then um, it's a it's a win on all fronts for the seas. Yep, maybe next time. I'm just looking through my notes. I think I covered pretty much everything. You know, nice decision making by Grant. Uh, Edward sucks, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the one thing, uh, yeah, my wife was watching the game, so I'll just kind of cover some of my wife's takes because she doesn't yeah. really pay attention to basketball at all. But I feel oh, like cool. it's, it's important. It's important to hear what my wife has to say. Uh, yeah, let's one do it. thing, a really hot take here. Is she she saw our man Peyton Pritchard, and her take was that guy's got crazy eyebrows. I'd try reining them in if I was him, but they're perfectly sculpted. <laughs> So that's my wife's take on, on Pritchard, and she wants us to know that he looks constantly surprised. I saw uh, I saw someone say that he has the most punchable face in, in the league now, and that he's going to fit in really well as a Celtic as a result of that. Uh, yeah, she saw she saw uh, our, the coach of the the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and she goes, "Oh, is that Doc? What's his face? Doc Brown?" And I said, "Yes, that is Doc Brown." Yeah, coaching them, he gets paid in gigawatts. Uh, <laughs> Next was she saw Vincent Poirier, you know, Poirier, our old friend, I guess, now is playing for Philly, and didn't quite, yeah. didn't quite get this one. All she said was, what purpose does it serve to be that tall in France? Don't really understand <laughs> what she meant by that one. And lastly, uh, Grant Williams, Grant Williams came on the screen, and I tried to explain to her, oh, that guy's kind of a nerd. He like, plays a big, you know, big seller as a Catan fan. And she goes, that's not nerdy. Does he have a podcast like you? To which I respond, <laughs> yes, I believe he does. I believe he's got one with Top of Fall. And then she, she left the room at that point. So yeah, that's my wife's takes, everyone. Thank These you. These are astute <laughs> observations. So we might have to make this a regular segment, I think. That's, that's great. <laughs> um, Abby Chin, Labird, speaking of, you know, relatively new acquisitions for the Boston Celtics, back with uh, NBC Boston there, back on the, on the team there, along with Mike Gorman and, and Scalabrini. Uh, what are your feelings on this there? I, I have, a, have a sense, Laba, that you've got some strong feelings on this one. <laughs> I actually do have a lot to say <laughs> about That's this. That's my attempt at a segue <laughs> to something we discussed before recording, in case you can't well, tell. You, gotta be, you have to bear with me, Ben. And please cut me off at any time, because I have a lot to say about this. Oh, likewise. <laughs> no, no. It's all good. Uh, so, Ben, like a couple of days ago, I, I texted you, and uh, you said you were heading to dinner with your wife. I can't do I can't do an Australian accent. I, that's like one of my main goals of being on this podcast. I want to we'll work on it. Listen we'll to you guys enough that I could be competent. But I, I can maybe I mean I'll do like my my cousin Brendan. He lives in Lynn, Massachusetts. I'll do his accent. I'll do I'll do Brendan as you uh, talking about his wife. Okay, he basically, he basically said, "Ah, dude, I'm wicked fucking busy, dude, man. My, <laughs> my girl and I hadn't hadn't stopped. I'm fucking famished." That's probably the worst <laughs> Boston accent. I want to really alienate uh, the the listeners of real Boston fans. Uh, but anyways, uh, you said that to me, and I was just sitting here, and I was like, "You lucky son." You son of a bitch. You get to go to dinner? And then meanwhile, in the last podcast, Joe, Joe goes, he just got done playing nine holes of golf. And I'm sitting yeah. here, I'm like, are you serious? Like, I live in Seattle, Seattle, Washington. It's a gorgeous place during the weather. We actually try to keep that a secret from people so they don't, you know, move here. But this time of year, it's, it's, like, it's like a perpetual gray dome over us at all times. 
<laughs> like my weather app, it shows that it's like 90 90% chance of rain indefinitely. I don't think it's ever going to end. And it's like 45 degrees every day, which I know you don't understand because that's Fahrenheit, but I'm not going to explain it to you because screw you. You actually have a nice weather. <laughs> it's just it's miserable here. And like, there's no golfing. There's no restaurants. Like everything's closed here. I can't, you know, I can't even do like outdoor seating because like, what are you going to do? Sit in the rain. And it's just like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here, Ben. I'm rotting. I'm getting fat. You're partying up like it's like 2019 up there. Oh yeah. And I'm just, dude, I'm just sitting, I'm like in full on quarantine mode right now because we're trying to prepare for going to Christmas with my wife and everything and see her whole family. I'm just saying, man, like you, you live in the life and things suck over here. It's just terrible. Uh, you know, I just went to get groceries and uh, we got two weeks of groceries and it was a kind of exciting experience because I got to put on shoes and actually like leave the house. <laughs> and as I've been like, there. We, we did have that here in Australia for a little while. For how long? Like a, like a, a little bit? Like uh, a week? Two months, maybe. Tops. It's been going on for like a year. Like we went to the yeah. grocery store and I had like six bags on each arm because my wife apparently refuses to hold grocery bags if she has a car keys in her hand because it's too complicated. <laughs> and and like as i'm walking my nose slipped out of my mask and like you should have like seen the horror on her face she looked at me like like i had a loose testicle or something <laughs> she was like completely mortified and it's basically the same thing nowadays <laughs> well seriously i and i like i totally got it too because like, i actually felt the same way i'm like people are gonna think that i'm like some anti-vaxxer who hates the elderly or something like i just need to get back to my car but my point is like <laughs> the reason i'm saying all that is that you know I don't really, honestly, I don't have a lot to complain about. I get to live, you know, I get to work at home, which is great. But in general, everyone's, everyone's going through a lot of stuff. We're all dealing with stuff. We're all suffering. And, you know, the Celtics are a form of escapism, especially now. And I got to say, like, the the broadcasts, the people that we watch on those broadcasts are kind of, you know, they're, they're like, they're important to us. Like, we actually watch them. We spend time with them. Like, every day, we won't, you know, we watch these games. We yeah. spend time with them. They're like so, friends. Yeah, they're like friends. And sometimes in the case of like Tommy Heinsohn, they're kind of like they're kind of like family. So when they uh when they announced when NBC Sports Boston, you know, announced that they were going to have to lay off a bunch of their staff, it sucked, you know. And uh you know, I got it. I got it from the standpoint that you know, we have local restaurants restaurants and businesses are shuttering their doors unless you're in Australia, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry about that. But, <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> You know, it wasn't clear when we'd have live games, so I got it. But, uh, you know, Abby Chin, of all of them, I, I really, that one definitely stung the most. And I, I totally get why the fans, you know, adore her. Um, I have to give her a lot of credit. You know, I, I, Ben, off the top of your head, can you name any other of our uh, sideline reporters over the years? Yeah, Christine Leahy, okay, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's it. That's all I've got. That's that's more than I could. I thought I'd like watch every game. I watched every game and I couldn't name another one of our, our sideline reporters. And uh and I think, you know, I think with Abby, she like really quickly kind of made a name for herself and really kind of, you know, became someone the fan base fan base really cared about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like she she exudes that kind of like that joy and enthusiasm that, you know, that really seems to have won over the fans. So, you know, when that was announced, I was out there on Twitter with all the other people saying, you know, bring her back. And I actually filled out the, the bring back Abby petition. But, uh, but honestly, my, my thoughts at the time were, you know, she's going to be fine. She's got a killer demo reel. She can share that out with people. And, and from what I understand, she's, she's from Colorado. So maybe she ends up going back there. And maybe she ends up, you know, I guess she has a, a ton of different sports that she's, you know, she covered back in Colorado. So maybe she ends up covering the Olympics or something. So I thought she'd be fine. But uh, honestly, like it, it stunk. And actually, I tweeted out to her at one point <laughs> and I said, uh, 
you know, selfishly, part of me hopes that you don't find a better gig because I think that if things get back to normal, maybe you'll you'll come back. So I'm on Twitter, but I have basically no followers. <laughs> I think Zach Lowe is my only follower, and it might be because like he accidentally followed me or something. But, He's worth like a thousand followers though, so that that's something. I think he was trying to blo- like block me or something. He accidentally followed me. <laughs> I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> but there was a point early on where I where I like I tweeted out something, and then Abby Chin actually like liked my tweet and like responded, and it was like, "Holy crap, it's Abby Chin! Oh my god, witness me! She knows I exist." It was like it was like a big deal, and I think that like that sums her up. She's someone who can connect with the fans but also seems to connect really well with uh, the players. And I think that makes it kind of special. Um, so yeah, it sucked to see her go. And then I have to bring this up because we didn't, I was on the podcast when this happened, but you know, Tommy passed away a hmm. um, couple months after that. And I have a quick story. If you don't mind me, you know, please keep rambling a bit more. So <laughs> as I mentioned, I live in Seattle and uh, years ago, uh, every year the Celtics come to town, I would see the Celtics um, in Seattle and a friend of mine's a big time, autograph collector so he and i went to a game together and uh i I tagged along basically as he was going to go get autographs wait outside the team's hotel they were staying at so i'm out there and and at the time the celtics weren't good they didn't have a lot of great players and they weren't having a great record and i was outside there was maybe like eight different autograph collectors and i was literally like the only real celtic fan i had like a celtic you know uh, jacket on and all these other guys, I think, were there. They were just collecting stuff to sell on eBay. So all these players come out, and like one after another, it was like Marcus Banks and like Vitaly Potomico, and they would all freak out. It was like, oh my god, Vitaly Potomico signed this, and they'd all like, <laughs> they'd all like jump in their face, like, oh Vitaly signed this. So I watched this as one after another of these guys that weren't really great came out, and then out comes Mike and Tommy, and nobody reacts. They all just kind of just stood there, and I'm looking around. I'm like, what the fuck is going on so i just walked over i'm like really nobody's gonna so i walked over and like tommy's out there and he was he was having a smoke and mike was just hanging out with him and i just had a you know quick conversation with them told him i was a big fan told him i watch every single uh game and they were super super nice like they were super friendly they told me about how they loved coming to seattle told me about how they had just gone to the pike's place market and it was like an awesome you know super personable awesome experience to talk to those guys and um, my buddy had given me like this piece of wood, kind of looks like a piece of parquet floor. So I got them to sign that. And I walked oh, back cool. to the group and uh, they were all like, who was that? <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Who was that? <laughs> so it's like one of the most legendary NBA players of all time. <laughs> right. Exactly. So another like just one last quick tangent here. I'll get to my point in a second, Ben. I apologize. But no, I'm loving tangent, it, man. Go nuts. Tangent, Go nuts. A tangent to the tangent. So... My mom tells me, uh, she told me this story, it was right around 1989, uh, and she went to the comedy store, it's this world-famous comedy club in, in uh, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and she was there with her then-husband, and, you know, they're just there drinking, watching some comedians, and some random-ass comedian comes on stage. He was, like, this totally no-name guy who, you know, they just happened to recognize him, he happened to have, like, appeared in some shitty sitcom, but other than that, complete no-name, no guy at all, like, he was just, he was a nobody. But they were so excited that they recognized this guy. So that guy gets off stage and my mom's husband's like, oh, God, 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 we got to get, let's take a picture and like get, grab the camera. So they jump up, you know, drunkenly leap out of their seats and they shove through the audience and they tripped over some dude and spilled his drink. And, you know, I think my, my mom's husband face planted on the floor, but they got bad. They got back up and they got the picture. And then given they were, you know, sloshed, they, they left their camera at the club. So they call the next morning 
And they say, hey, uh, we left our camera. Do you happen to have it? And the guy at the comedy store is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're that obnoxious couple that tripped over Eddie Murphy, right? <laughs> Eddie oh, Murphy no. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so apparently Eddie happened to be in the audience. And uh, yeah, I guess they just tripped over some complete no-name scrub. And Oh, I mean, man. <laughs> they tripped over Eddie to get to some no-name scrub. But anyways, that's how I felt amongst all those you know, autograph collectors. You know, They were tripping over themselves to get Vitaly Potomico's autograph and ignoring Tommy, 10-time legend, multi-time Hall of Famer. It was just, you know, super, super insulting. Yeah, the parallels are there. <laughs> I mean, you know, so Tommy, like, when he, you know, obviously he was family, and, and uh, you know, he was, he was always like that out, outspoken uncle for, for all of us, I think. And so I, that was a genuine loss for NBC Sports, you know, Boston. I actually thought about it, like, think about, like, the, my actual relatives, my uncles and aunts and cousins, and I've probably listened to them speak less than I've listened to Tommy Heinsohn speak. Like, he, he was, like, someone that, it really hurt to see him go. But the point mm. I'm trying to make is like, you know, with Tommy gone and then Kyle Draper having uh, moved on. And I thought, I thought Draper actually did a good job filling in for Mike as a play-by-play guy. So I'm happy that he got to move on and find a better job. You know, my reaction, I, I tweeted this out and I posted on Reddit. My reaction to that was, you know, not to be insensitive, but with, with Tommy having passed away and, and Kyle now gone, is the money now there? And, and is, there, is there a roster spot to bring back Abby in a heightened uh, studio role host? And uh, I just say, you know, I'm not saying that uh, anyone from NBC Sports Boston saw that. I'm sure this is all stuff that had been in play well before. But to see that uh, that actually did happen, it uh, it was like, you know, it was like a tiny bit of, it's kind of like a tiny win, you know? It's like a little bit of joy. Um, and, you know, oh, return, return of a familiar face in the midst of what's been, you know, anything but familiar. So, again, sorry, unless you're in Australia, it's been weird. <laughs> but it's cool to see Abby back. <laughs> It's cool to have something a little bit normal, and uh, yeah, I think it's time to me go change my socks because I don't think I've changed them in a week. So that's all I have to say, Ben. <laughs> well, like I think the main one of the main takeaways from your story about meeting Mike and Tommy uh, in Seattle there is like they're authentic people and that they're accessible to the public and anyone you know, despite all of the accolades, particularly on Tommy's side. Um, that you anyone could walk up to them and have a conversation and they'd happily talk back with you. And I, I've definitely heard like other anecdotes in the same vein regarding those two guys. Abby Chin is clearly, and you mentioned that she responded to you on Twitter as well, just an authentic person, like a man yeah. of the people, so to speak. Um, and with all the roster, over tur- roster turnover in the NBA, uh, even for the Celtics, you know, we lost Gordon Hayward, who's been with the team for three years, to have a familiar face come back. Um, and she's got this rapport with the players and, and clearly the fans, um, and clearly has a role to play in this whole sort of uh, Celtics, you know, biosphere. Um, it's good to have it back. I think it's a really good win, like you said. So um, it's a it's a worthwhile bit to bring up on this podcast because especially with the nothing game we saw today, this is, it's a worthy point to hit on. So uh, I, I enjoy this. Abby, Abby come on our podcast. Come on our podcast, Abby. We'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, subtext. This whole thing is just an audition to get Abby Chin on the podcast. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. All right, that is going to do it for this one. We will be back sometime after the upcoming game against the Nets. Larbird33, you can read his stuff on CelticsLife.com and, of course, all over Celtics Reddit. Larbird, love your work, buddy. Thanks again. All right, thanks a lot. All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Uh-uh, hiking in the sun, the happiness that you mourn.